Yes, welcome back to the Lightning Rod. It is January 19th, 2022. Lightning Rod podcast, your official, unofficial home for lightning banter, analysis, homerism, whatever, chirping, whatever suits our fancy. From South Florida, I am Johnny Pipes. With me as always, my broadcast partner from the Bay of Palm, Gannon. What's going on, brother? Howdy, howdy. We've got a lot to talk about, but first... Uh, let's talk about how you can talk to us. If you want, you can reach out, leave us a voicemail, 727-416-0613, 727-416-0613. The website is the lightning rod show.com. You can email us the lightning rod one at protonmail.com, And you can reach us on Twitter at lightning rod pod. Got a lot to talk about. And before we start, I will say to all of the Lightning fans out there, you're welcome. Why? Because Steven Stamkos is going to the All-Star game. You know why? Because I had my contacts in the Chinese Bitcoin mining trade turn all of their efforts into voting for Steven Stamkos, and it worked. So, yeah, you're welcome, folks. Joining his fellow teammates, Vasilevsky and Hedman, I don't know if we covered that or if the lists were out uh, last episode, but... Uh, another three bolts on their way to Vegas. Yeah. Hopefully they will not get too distracted by all the flashing lights and slot machines and easy money. I don't know uh, what kind of casinos they have in Sweden and Russia, but Stammer probably knows there's a lot of uh, native reservations in Canada, so I'm sure there's probably a lot of casinos up there too. I heard Evander Kane might be going to Vegas as well. Oh, boy. I wonder if he got uh, if he's inviting himself or if uh, they're gonna, if they got a list with like his picture on it. Like, don't let Evander in here. <laughs> I could just picture him as one of of the guys in in um, the hell is that movie Ocean's Eleven? I haven't seen it. I'm sorry. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. So yeah, we got uh, Stamkos going to the All Star game, and honestly, uh, it would have been a travesty had he not. Um, he's just having that good of a year. Um, looking at the actual people that he was up against for the last man in in the Atlantic Division, uh, Charlie McAvoy from the Bruins, Tage Thompson from the Sabres, yeah, I can discount that one, Lucas Raymond from the Red Wings, Barkoff from the Panthers, that would have been um, probably the, – the, well, the thing with Barkoff is he never plays because he's injured all the damn time. Tyler Toffoli, Brady Kachuk, and uh, the other 91, John Tavares. And out of all of them, I mean, we're homers, but Stamkos deserved it. I think most people were upset that uh, Brad Marchand, uh, I don't even think he got a nomination for the last man in, which I'm I'm fine with. Yeah, you know, he can cry about it. Not really upset about that either. Do you remember uh, the All-Star game in Tampa a couple of years back where he was trying to fake that high stick call? You know, it was actually kind of funny. I'll, I'll give it to Marshawn for that one. It was it was actually really funny. I do remember that All-Star game because we had quite possibly the ugliest All-Star uniforms in the history of All-Star uniforms. The Sprite jerseys? Oh, my God, they were so ugly. <laughs> they were... I still see a lot of them if I'm going to the games. Like, a lot of people bought them. I, I'm not sure if it's the same for – other all-star cities, but I mean, I, I've seen worse. The yellow was so bright. It was. Honestly, the best ones I've seen in a long time were the ones in San Jose, the ones that were made from like the recycled bottles or whatever. They had oh, the cool, yeah. super cool colors. They looked really neat. Those are, those are the coolest all-star jerseys I've seen in a while. It's hard for me to remember them all. I mean, a lot of them are, are pretty unassuming. I don't know if you saw the ones that just came out. Uh, when they released the the lists, but I thought they were pretty. I'm not gonna say mediocre, um, but they they really kept it simple and almost like a vintage All Star style. Um, I think the last couple of uh, jersey reveals this year has kind of turned a lot of people away from getting a little too creative with their jerseys. Uh, I know these are NHL design, not like you know team team artists designing them, but again, they're they're, they're pretty simple. I, I can't complain about them too much. This is uh um for this year the ones that they're going to wear. Mm-hmm. I cannot find a picture of them. I'm surprised. Yeah, they're yeah they're pretty basic. They're they're nothing really to write home about. But you know, I guess that means they're not bad. 
Yeah. I'm not, well, I'm just really surprised that I'm, like there's not not even a result coming up. Oh wait. Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> These are vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. They're like. I don't know which ones ours are. All I'm looking at are the ones that that are like Canuck colors, and then there's one that's like a. It looks like it's rust. Like it's got rust on the bottom of it. Oh yeah. <laughs> eh. Oh well. Seen better, seen worse. No more Sprite. That's all that matters. No, I was actually looking more forward to buying like a Victor Edmund Sweden jersey, but that's not happening now. So. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I, I, I'm still maybe considering getting one of those Stadium Series jerseys, but I also can't really justify dropping 250 on a jersey they're going to wear one time ever. Like, I can barely justify, you know, buying a, a regular home jersey. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're stupid expensive now. You need, that's why everyone's buying, like, Chinese knockoffs since it's, like, jolts or something like that. But I did order a Stadium Series one just because I was uh, feeling a little froggy, maybe drunk. The problem was I, I got uh, I got a Vassy. I was flipping the coin between Hedman and Vassy because I have a pretty solid collection of, of Bolts jerseys. I'm not going to lie. I haven't. I think I've paid full price for zero of them, actually. I don't think I've paid full price for any of them. I'd find them on eBay or whatever. And that's um, just fine. Yeah, it, but I have a couple of Stamkoses. I have one blackout. Kucherov and a, a couple of um, a couple of blank blank back ones, like the original the original uh, Lightning logo back in the day. Uh, so this is the first jersey that I've ever paid full price for, and it was not cheap. And I'm like, sweet, I get it soon. And then I forgot to look at the date where they're like, yeah, we're not going to ship them out until like F- Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, like, what? oh no! Oh man, that's just hanging out there. I got to shift some funds around. <laughs> yeah, I've only bought um I've only bought two jerseys like with my own money and they were both uh China jerseys. One of them and neither of them were lightning jerseys. Uh one of them was a Jonathan Druen uh Team North America jersey. Nice. Um I liked it, you know, I, I was really a big Druen fan uh you know when he was still with the team. And I just really, really love those Team North America jerseys. They I thought they were super slick. And then I also bought a uh LA Kings, Jonathan quick Jersey. Cause I was really obsessed with him uh, back then. Still am. He's a good, he's a good goalie. What year was that? Despite, uh, what the world cup? Yeah. That was 16, right? S- 16. Yeah. Are you talking about the, uh, so the black? The it's like black and orange. It looks like, um, yeah. It looks like Halloween colors. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that is super cool. Yeah, it was cool. But, um, I didn't know how to properly wash it. So I just threw it in the, uh, in the washing machine and, Every single patch came off. All the numbers are flying off. I mean, Aww. yeah, I'm again, you know, it was a $40 jersey. I'm not going to complain too much. It, it's seen its fair use. Is uh, is it repairable? Do you find uh, the little alteration ladies that are in your town that, that are in, you know, in the shopping center next next to like the subway? If I could find those patches, maybe. Oh, man, did they get eaten by the lawn by the laundry machine? There, there were a couple. I, I'm not even too sure. I'm not even too worried about it. I'd rather, uh, I'd rather stay up to date or get somebody who, uh, who I, I didn't realize, you know, the actual like saga that went on with uh, Druen and Eiserman and how much of a of a diva he was with the team and everything else. I'd, I'd rather get somebody who I actually would like, you know, later on down the down the line. Yeah, from what I understand about that, and I might not know all the details of it for sure, but I. I heard his parents had a lot to do with it. They were in his ear about a lot of stuff and he was kind of young and not really knowing how to say no to his parents. So he did, he was kind of coming out saying things that he probably didn't mean. I forget who his agent was again. I, I forget a lot of it. I wasn't super in tune with, uh, with the lightning or the league during, during all that. But I know he, he was upset about his ice time, you know, when he uh, he was upset about being sent down and called up. And, you know, when he finally found that spot, you know, that solid spot on the roster, I mean, he, he turned into a great player, but we ended up flipping him for uh, for Sergachev. I remember where I was, and I was heartbroken. I, I didn't know who Mikhail Sergachev was. You know, Jonathan Drew, and he was one of the best players on the ice. Again, I didn't know everything that 
had transpired before or followed after that. I just remember getting the notification, you know, Drew entered to the uh, to the Canadians, and I, I was heartbroken for a quick second. And then I started reading up on uh, Sergachev saying, you know, he was when he, he was drafted mid first round somewhere. He was a pretty elite prospect, and you know, look what he's turned out to be, and it's still becoming. Yeah, absolutely. He will will always have that that really good playoff run with Drew on where he kind of, you know, he didn't really play much all year and then he showed up in the playoffs and was amazing. And then immediately left. Yeah. What could have been, that's okay. We're doing just fine without him. Speaking of Sir, Sir and, and uh, we got some games to talk about, but uh, just one comment on last night's game before we uh, step back in time and talk about the, uh, the previous games. But why use six D when four D do trick? <laughs> That was insane. Last night was a, well, for, for those of us who don't want to stay up that late, this morning uh, was a very interesting game to watch for sure. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. First, we'll go back to the, uh, the Canucks game, which was last week. We did win 4-2. to two. Pretty good game. What do you think? I thought it was a pretty complete game by uh... – by the Lightning, I thought the Canucks actually played really well as well. Uh, I think the, uh, you know, I, I hate to uh, blame the refs, but there were a couple of uh, shady calls and missed calls there. You know, I'm not going to complain too much just because we did come out on top. But the Canucks, they've got some fight left in them. They're they're looking for a playoff spot, and they know that this is a pretty good benchmark team to you know, set tempos in their own divisions with and show that they're not the team that they were the first quarter, you know, uh, first couple dozen games throughout the season. You know, they 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 are on kind of a skid with Bruce Boudreaux, but I thought, you know, I'll, they, they played really well. You know, definitely some gaps in their game. The Lightning weren't perfect either. They actually let it, and Vazzy let in a really, really nice between-the-legs goal from Tyler Mott. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that hard was in the track uh, of these games a week late. That's uh that was in the third period. Uh Stammer did start the game off three minutes in with a power play goal. That was pretty dope. Uh Vancouver got one back twelve minutes in from Matthew Highmore, uh Tyler Mott getting the assist. And uh Sorelli gave us the lead back seven minutes later, right before the uh end of the period off of uh Kalorn and Chernak. Second period had no scoring whatsoever. And then the uh, third period got one from uh, Boris. <coughs> and we also got uh, one from Braden Point to seal the game. Ended up winning 4-2. to two. The uh, stats on that. Uh, Vancouver actually outshot us by 5, 26-21. We got them on hits 29-22. And uh, about even in the play in the uh, faceoffs, and uh, they had one more power play than we did. So, yeah, uh, fairly that, even uh, game. That, that Kachuk goal was that on that two on zero with uh, Colton. Yes, and that was crazy. I really, I really enjoyed that. You know, I'm, I'm wincing at that one extra pass, but I mean, Kachuk, you know, a two on zero. I mean, everybody thinks it's kind of a slam dunk, but that close in. He had to go against the grain, top shelf, and get it over Demko's shoulder. It, it really was a hard goal to score, but a beautiful one at that. And I think it ended up being the game winner. I didn't think that it actually went in. Like at first, yeah. I, at first, I did not think. I'm like, they're gonna screw this up. Watch them screw this up. But they didn't. They didn't. It went in, and uh, I'm happy for happy for Kachuk because uh, they, you know, you need that confidence going forward, right? Mm-hmm. Boris, God bless you, Kachuk. Yep. So that was a pretty good game. Uh, Canucks were fighting after they had gotten uh, manhandled the night before uh, against the uh, Panthers, or was it the night before or two nights before? But their previous game, uh, Florida pretty much handled them, didn't they? Mm-hmm. I think they lost, um, was it 7-1 or something, 7-2? And I know it was uh, at least a touchdown in there. Yeah, it's uh, – Five to two, they lost five to two. Five to two, okay. Yeah, I, I know the Panthers. They've just been on a roll recently. They have, they have, uh, but they did lose last night, and we won. So, you know, we are back yeah. up to where we don't want to be. Yeah. Are, are we top of the league again? 
I believe we are. I'm going to verify Damn that it. right now. I'm fairly certain we are, though, because we, we it was the two of us. We were tied. Mm-hmm. We had the most amount of points. Um, let's see. Let's look I do at. believe the Panthers still have a better points percentage. Same with Carolina. So they got Which, uh, we we have fifty nine points and they and Florida has fifty seven Carolina has fifty four. Okay. So we got a after after that game last night we uh, we got a, took a two point lead. So now we need to do, um, we need to have another. Uh, let's see. Well, I don't know what I we didn't really get any responses on our question because uh, we need some audience members first. But I was thinking about it a little bit earlier. Um, call it collateral loss. <laughs> maybe what, what do you think like i don't know i don't want to it's not tanking but uh you know some collateral damage on the way so that, that's one that's right off the top of my head it's just a great great issue to have that, that's all i can say <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll go with collateral loss and maybe we'll we'll get uh, some responses sometime soon again the audience say <laughs> hey, if you uh want to tell us what you would call a loss that's not a tank but it helps you not win the president's trophy, which you don't want to have. So you have to get some losses because some poor team is going to have to get that trophy. So we need, we need a good term for that right now. I toss one out there. It's collateral loss. It's lame. Give us a better one. I know you can. So that was the Canucks game. And we play the Dallas stars in a replay of uh, Stanley cup of two years ago. Another good game. Let's see. That one wasn't, I mean, I, I, that Dallas game, I, the Lightning outplayed the hell out of them. I mean, for, you know, just the standard eye test, I mean, we we outplayed them pretty well. I mean, I think the second period, we held them to one shot on goal, I want to say. Um, you know, it wasn't a lack of trying, but just great def- defensive performance all around. Um, yeah, but that, that one shot on goal, I mean, that really tells – tells a lot about the team the you know dallas has always been kind of a defense first team especially you know when they're trying to figure out their identity the last couple of years you know missing the playoffs last year and injuries and covid and everything else have hampered them but they they don't look anything relatively similar to the the team that made the finals two years ago no no they don't um although they did have dobby back in net which is kind of funny considering he was released or uh, was it waived or released? I don't know the difference between, they, between them. Yeah, they tried to waive him. Uh, I don't know if anybody wants to take that that contract. I forget what he signed to, but I know it's got some term with it. And you know what? I think it's a little unfortunate. I think Hudobin's actually a really good goalie. I know he's getting up there in age. Um, but I thought he had a, I thought he had a really good game overall. I think he robbed um, robbed Kucherov or somebody. You know, he made he made a really good save at some point during that game. But again, you know, stall stars just fall a little flat. Can't get it done. Yeah. I feel bad for Rick bonus. Actually. I I do. I definitely do. I'm surprised he's still there. Truthfully. I figured with the way they struggled a little bit last year that he probably would have been gone, but he's still there. He was on the hot seat earlier this season. And then Dallas went on, you know, a couple game, couple game run where they, you know, maybe look to be getting out of their doldrums, but back in it. I, I, did you see his uh, his little uh, freak out a couple games ago, a couple days ago? When the, uh, the it was it was actually a really really entertaining game. I didn't watch all of it. I caught the uh, just caught the highlights. I was watching the second period, but it was Dallas versus St. Louis in St. Louis, and Dallas had a it was one nothing with fifty something seconds left, and um. Who was out? O'Reilly tied it up and ended up uh, winning the game in regulation with like twenty something seconds left. They, you know, they scored back to back, and bonus thought they got shafted on one of the calls that led to the power play that led to the game winning goal. And he uh, he grabs somebody's stick and he's just banging it on the back glass there. And you know, he was rightfully mad, but kind of a bad look. Yeah, uh, I'm, yeah. I mean, considering. You know, he's a pretty old dude, so you might, you know, strain something and, like, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to put yourself out there like that. He's not even terribly old, but I think he does have the record for most games coached in the NHL, uh, you know, counting in 
head coach and assistant coach, he's got the most games. Uh, time to hang him up, I think, maybe. Go uh, <laughs> go open up a nice convenience store somewhere. You know, just live out your days. Get a general store, You know, sell some tackles, some bait. Yeah, I, I think they're probably going to wait till maybe trade deadline area, and if, if they don't do it by then, they're probably just going to wait to do it middle, you know, during the off season. Uh, but I, I don't think Dallas really knows who they are, what they are right now. Uh, I know John Klingberg has not wanted to, he didn't necessarily request a trade, but he, you know, he's saying contract talks have stalled. They, um, you know, he, he wants to kind of get this done and understandably Jim Nell, the GM, he doesn't want to talk contract in the middle of a season. I think, I think it's just, you know, Jim Nill's never been really the nicest to his players. You know, everybody kind of remembers a couple of years ago when he called Sagan and Ben said they were playing like horse shit and everybody took that and ran with it. Who knows? You know, I, I've got nothing against Dallas. Hopefully, hopefully they can find their stride. You know, again, I've got, I've got nothing against them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that did happen in that game that uh, Dobby did not stop was that fantastic goal from Ross Colton off of that amazing pass from Kucherov. Oh, that was so good. That was that stretch pass was insane. I firmly believe that Kucherov is the best passer playmaker in the league. Uh, a lot of people right now will tell you who uh, Jonathan Huberdo of the Panthers, and you know I I agree, but I think overall in their careers Kucherov has definitely been you know, the superior playmaker. But, I mean, Huberdo is also a superstar in the now, in the making. But, and, you know, I heard somebody say, you know, best passer in the league. It's got to go to Kucherov. I mean, there, there's only so many guys that can make that, you know, cross-ice diagonal pass, no-look pass. He could take a quick peek over his shoulder, but it, it was just something else. Yeah, him and him and Hedman, we got two of them, two of the people in the league that can do that because Hedman makes some pretty fantastic stretch passes also. Absolutely. So that was fantastic. That was the Dallas Stars game. Let's look at some stats on that, shall we? We uh, outshot them 29 to 20. They hit the hell out of us 36 to 24. I guess that's a, a team that's upset when they're throwing that well, many hits. Well, you'll notice a lot of times if you're looking at like the, the stats after the game, most of the time, not most of the time, but a lot of the time the losing team will have more hits just because – you especially if you look at time of possession, I mean, it'll always be, you know, the team with more possession has less hits just because the opposing team, they're, they're chasing the game. They're chasing the puck. They're going to want to play a little bit more physical. Uh, so they're going to rack up a little bit more of the hits. Yeah. 36 to 24. They certainly did that. Uh, oh, and now on that uh, Ross Colton goal in the interview afterwards, he said he missed his shot. Uh, he I missed. That was funny. He, he had a little chuckle about it. He said, you know, all, all good. Went in though. Hey, he missed so good. <laughs> we were uh, one for three on the power play. Uh, we did uh, kill the one penalty off that uh, they had. They only had one power play. So not too bad. Even on the face-offs, 27 and 26, which is good because that's uh, something that our team does tend to tr- struggle with every once in a while is the face-off circle. Faux show. So all around good game. Good game. And uh, they took a little break and went out west, which started last night with its super wacky schedule. And we're going to play what we got two nights off and we got Friday and then Saturday back to back Anaheim and uh, San Jose. San Jose. Did you see that uh, five goal game from Timo Meyer on San Jose? No, he had five goals. I was just pumping up Jonathan Quick and he scored five goals on Jonathan quick. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a, uh, it was a brutal game for the Kings. I'm not sure. Sh- I didn't watch any of it. I just remember, you know, it, I think it was a matinee game, but yeah, the, uh, the sharks, you know, whole 60 minutes of hockey, they only registered 17 shots on goal and six of them went through and five of them were Timo Meyer. And Holy you know, smokes. these weren't, these weren't fluky goals or anything. They were all pretty beautiful snipes. You know, that he beat the goalie. Huh. Yeah, and, you know, it's unfortunate for Quick, who's having kind of a rejuvenating season for himself. You know, he's kind of fallen off the last couple of years. 
uh, battled with a battled with injuries and a slow LA defense. You kind of get, you know, hung out to dry. He's really, you know, he's telling people don't forget about me. And again, I've always had a, you know, big, big thing for quick. I thought he's, you know, he was the, the model acrobatic goalie. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just a brutal game for the Kings all around. And I, I was thinking during the, that, that first period last night that, you know, teams, if, if they lose on a back-to-back, they don't – it's hard to put a blanket statement on it, but a lot of teams don't lose back-to-back games. You know, if they lose that first game, they're going to be extra motivated, extra hungry to come out swinging a little bit stronger the next game. Uh, they got a little bit of a fire under their butt and a little pep in their step. Uh, mo- most uh, most patterns you'll see is that most, most teams don't lose back-to-back like actual back-to-back games and for that first period it really looked like it and even through that second I was getting a little worried that was a super chippy game last night they were going at each other uh Braden Point he got a couple of good shots in in a fight which was nice because he uh took offense to uh to a hit he took and um there was definitely it wasn't some... even a hit it was it was a slew foot from yeah. uh Phil Deneau he actually got fined five thousand dollars today did he get fined for that? Foot. That's good mm-hmm. because it was pretty yeah, I mean, obvious. These fines are pretty petty. I mean, five thousand dollars maximum uh, under the CBA for any kind of trip, including slew foot. And you know, it wasn't all that dirty. I've definitely seen worse this season, but still, I mean, kudos to Point for just, just you know taking it like a man, going after the guy that did it. I mean, over the last couple of years, I mean, Point can chuck him for being a small guy. He can chuck them. Back in the uh, 2020 finals, I remember, I think it was, uh, oh, I can't remember. It was either Blake Como or Andrew Cogliano. So, sm- smaller guy. I think it was Andrew Cogliano. Uh, he, uh, he, I think it was a headshot or a board on point, and point drops the gloves immediately and just starts hammering the guy. I mean, it was, you know, it was a consensual fight. It wasn't just a, you know, jumping from point. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, Point got some really good hits on Cagliano, and I remember, yeah, he's fought a couple of guys. You know, he's you know he's not a heavyweight fighter or anything, but when he drops them, he can chuck them. And same thing with uh, Phil Deneau. I mean, I don't know if Deneau threw any punches. I know he wrestled Point to the ground, but Point got at least two good ones in, maybe two other you know decent, maybe have connected shots. Dude can chuck them. Let me tell you. Yeah, Braden Point landed right on him, and he put his head right into the boards, which was kind of nice. Nice to see. Obviously, that no one's hurt, thankfully, but it was nice to see. Pretty good. That was just, man. Victor Hedman had a hell of a game. I was really hoping he was going to get his third. Like, the the Kings went into uh, – they, they pulled their goalie with, like, four minutes left. I'm like, come on, mm-hmm. get it to Hetty. Get it to Hetty. He had uh, one or two shots. I mean, he, he, he wanted it himself. I saw him load up from, um, from one of the corners, and I think it got blocked before it even got out of the zone. Yeah, it did, because I remember I was sitting there kind of worrying, like, oh, God, you know, another, another bad clear from Hedman. But um, he, he was on target. It just got blocked, and it actually was a pretty sweet finish from uh, Kalorn and Stamkos. For sure. That was good to ice it. There were uh, also there were two shorthanded goals in the game last night, one for each team. The uh, the Belmar one is great because uh, you know I, I liked his comments. It was uh, yeah, it was fifty fifty. You know, he went a different way. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, I liked his comments in the uh, intermission and the the uh, I follow shorthanded goal was a complete and utter screw up by Sergachev. Yeah, uh, Chief was doing the game with uh, Michigan. And you should have heard his analysis. I mean, if you think I, – I don't know if I've heard Chief get so upset. I mean, you would expect that out of Phil, but Chief just said, you know, it's an absolutely boneheaded, lazy play. And, you know, he's right. I'm not really entirely sure what Sergachev was planning to do there. I don't think he meant to pass it, but that seemed like his only option. But he only had one guy in triple coverage up the ice. I, I, I really wish I knew what his plan was, but he got – not that he got benched, but after that goal, they threw Hedman right back out there. I knew Hedman was tired, especially cycling four guys instead of six. But, you know, shortly after that, uh, I think with 30 seconds left in the uh, in the power play, 
Hedman to Stam or Hedman to Kucherov for a beautiful patented one timer goal. That was gorgeous. So explain to the world why we only had four defensemen last night. It's a tough one. I didn't do too much of my research on it, but I know the lightning being right up by the the cap ceiling. I'm not sure. I think Schuster is part of the the taxi squad right now, but I know that, again, we're playing so close to the cap that uh, we just did not have the room to ice four guys with the, with the injuries that we had. I'm not sure if it was just a, a mistake, you know, in management, if there was a way around it or something, but we're not the only team to do that this year. And we're certainly not going to be the last team for, you know, it, it, you know, we've missed one guy. And that, that's what I'm saying with these other teams. You know, they've missed one guy. Uh, out of their lineup, you know, playing with 17 out of 18. But, I mean, everybody, you know, even on the uh, the broadcast crew, they were saying, you know, I don't know if I've ever seen a starting lineup with four defensemen. So, I mean, that's just the that's just the, the way the Lightning play, right up against the cap. And, unfortunately, you know, it does kind of come back and, you know, bite them in the ass having to play shorthanded, you know, especially in kind of our weaker side. You know, it, it was a good thing that we had Sergey – McDonough and Hedman, mm-hmm. you know, if it was, uh, you know, if we were missing one of those three guys, it, uh, it could have been a completely different game. Uh, big ups to Cal foot for essentially adding 10 minutes to his regular ice time. I thought he, he played pretty well, even though he was given his uh, quote, quote, sheltered minutes mm-hmm. um, for, for the role he did have to play. I, I thought he did really well. You know, the, the real finger I can point out of, out of those four is Sergachev on just that, that bad turnover. Otherwise, I didn't notice a whole lot. Yeah, Cal Foot with 24 minutes. Victor Hedman, 32 and a half minutes. That's crazy. What a stallion. That's more than a period of ice time. Like, that's insane. McDonough had 20, half 29. A game. McDonough had 29. Um, 29 minutes surge with uh, 27. So, uh, and then... Stammer with 22, it's not bad. These guys were getting after it. Ross Colton, eight minutes, and uh, and Kachuk with uh, seven minutes were the, the Lobies. Those were the two single-digit single, single digit boys. I'm surprised Colton doesn't get more ice time. I know with uh, having Palat out, we have to jumble up that, that kid line and that fourth line. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice seeing Corey Perry uh, getting some first-line minutes with Cooch and, Cooch and Point uh, in the absence of Palat. I thought... I don't think he's registered a point with, with them yet. Maybe. No, I'm not sure, but um, he's been getting some good looks, you know, it's not for a lack of trying, but yeah, having, having Colton with uh Kachuk and Radish, you know, he's going to see a drop in his ice time. You know, you're going to want to not play those guys all the time, especially playing shorthanded. You're going to want a little bit more defensively minded players, but mm-hmm. I like what, Kachuk has brought, you know, in his uh, quick call-up with Palat, he really likes uh, his spin move. I don't know if you've noticed that in the last couple of games, but he, um, and he, he's pretty good at it. You know, it's not like he's completely deking around these defenders, but, I mean, he'll, he'll put the brakes on and spin around you, you know, if he's just trying to get the puck up ice. But, you know, watch out for Kachuk. If, he, if he's got a little bit of a lane, he's going to try to spin around you, you know, just from the quick, quick little uh, couple of games that I've noticed. That's when you know it's a good thing to have Braden Point on your team that can do some of those ridiculous moves like that because then that gives something to these young guys to kind of emulate a little bit. They can see what he does and get some tips from him, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Because Point is a is amazing at doing those kind of things. And Corey Perry, like, I everything he does just seems so effortless. Like, Oh, absolutely. You I can, mean, he, he slows the game down. You can see how, like, everybody kind of, you know, ups their energy and is, like, moving and shaking out there kind of hard. Sometimes you can see when they're over-trying a little bit, like if they get down a goal or something like that, and then they have, they're trying to pick up the pace a little bit. And Corey never does that. Like, he's just – he's always right down there by the goal. He just gets it, and it stops, and or he just does a little nice centering pass or something along those lines, and, and it just looks like nothing happened. He's got that old school goal scorer. I'm, I'm not even going to say old school. Somewhere between the transition of, you know, heavy power forward and, you know, skill, fast, you know, playmaking kind of guy. 
he's somewhere in between where he's got, you know, he's got the hands. He, he, you know, he can deke around you in circles and just make you look like a fool. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, he's not, especially at his age, he's not the fastest guy. He never was, but he's, he's still got the hands. He's still got the, the awareness as well. The, the hockey IQ, which is almost an underrated stat, you know, that Corey Perry brings to the table. I mean, he, um, there, there's been so many times just this season where, you know, he'll be dishing it in and out of somebody's skates around sticks. And, you know, I just think, you know, 99 other guys try that. They're not coming up with the puck and somehow he does, you know, it might, you might flub off of his stick later on or something, but I mean, just, just the, the ability that he brings at his age, uh, it is a great addition to have on this team. We were outshot last night, 36 to 25. Um, we did uh, out hit them 28 to 21. And again, right, 50-50, right on the on the faceoffs, 32 to 32, right dead center, right down the middle. We were one for three on the power play, and they were 0 for three. Uh, so pretty good back and forth game. It was definitely exciting. It was nice to get that lead towards the end and watch uh, a team pull its goalie with four minutes left. You know you're doing something right when they've done that. <laughs> That's uh, pretty amazing. A little neat stat here is Matthew Joseph has both the uh, game-winning goals against the Kings this season. Oh, Matty J. Sweep. I think his uh, his his his, his uh, they're starting they're starting to go in. They're starting. Yeah, to go I mean in. that that goal that he scored from that beautiful cross zone pass from McDonough. I mean that that was a beautiful pass. I mean he completely. I'm not sure if he really faked out Jack Campbell, LA's goalie, but he did not know where the puck was or where it was going, and. Once uh, it was a tough angle shot for Joseph, and thank God he got it in. But after it was in the net, I mean, you saw Peterson looking around like, how did it get from there to there to there? That was an amazing uh, little batch of puck movement there, and that shot was ridiculously good considering how quick it was and the angle, like you were saying, because that very easily, you know, a quarter of an inch to the left would have bounced off the, the, the stick and gone out. So... That was super cool to see. Yeah, I didn't even think it was Joseph when he scored it. And, you know, it was a really good shot. I thought it was uh, I thought it was Killorn because I just saw the, the seven on the back. I wasn't paying attention to who was on the ice. But um, just because I, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a shot like that for Matthew Joseph. It, it, it was as good of a pass as it was a shot. So, you know, great all-around effort from that line. Good to mm-hmm. see Ron McDonough get, get on the board as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Final score, 6-4. to four. It did put us, uh, again, two points ahead of the Panthers in the standings. So uh, we need a couple of these uh, collateral losses sometime here soon to uh, get us back down into uh, reality, get us away from that President's Cup. Yeah, so those, uh, those were the games this week. Uh, again, we're going to play uh, Anaheim on Friday and San Jose on Saturday for a back-to-back. And I think that's it for the break right after that. That's the uh, the break. I think you're right. So what what are we gonna do with ourselves during the break? We're not gonna have games to uh, to break down. We're gonna have to come up with some stuff. Do you watch the All Star games? I do. I do actually. I really enjoy it. I like the skill competition. I wish they would invite other people um, aside from just the people invited to the All Star game. I wish they would actually have players that didn't make it. Hopefully, we'll see. Yeah, I know Nathan McKinnon was really big on having uh, Nazem Kadri not make the team. He was saying something, you know, it's a skills competition, not a participation competition, something along those lines. Um, you know, he thought it was kind of kind of bogus that, you know, you have to have somebody from at least one player from every team, which, you know, I, I actually, you know, I agree with. You know, I used to not really be on the same page, but, I, you know, I think it'd be really cool to see some – you know, maybe some players that aren't the best players but have really, you know, fine skills like Matthew Joseph with his speed. You know, he's not a first-line first, first line player or anything, but, you know, I, I'd love to see him against, uh, like, Matt Barzal or Connor McDavid. I think he's got the wheels, you know, to, to keep up with them. Yeah, I mean, just you because know. you don't get voted into the All-Star game or selected for the All-Star game doesn't mean that you can't excel at one of those skill competition things and – you know, it'd be cool to see like 
we talked about it in an earlier show, having Braden Point go against against um, Connor McDavid there in the speed. I would have liked to have seen Yanni or or Matt Joseph go in, in one of those. Uh, I'm sure there's some guys in the league that have absolutely have super heavy shots that could go into the, the like the fastest shot competition that may or may not be good enough to make the All Star game. It would be cool to see them like get you know don't just have the guys there. I know it's probably a money thing, you know, and a liability thing having guys there that. But I mean, most of the, most people like. For example, in the baseball all-star game, they'll show up anyways. Like, you'll have them during the home run derby. They'll all be on the side, and they're not even in the game. No, that's pretty cool. I know the all-star game, you know, it's not what it used to be. A lot of people kind of check out with it. Like, Ovi doesn't even bother going anymore. He tells people, don't select me, don't vote for me. Um, I don't even think he made it this year. I don't even know if they put him on the ballot. Uh, but going back to that hardest shot, what you are talking about, uh, for you know, for like lesser known players that have a wicked shot, Martin Furk. I'll bet you a hundred dollars you never heard of him. Nope, not at all. He's a current player in the league. I, I can't remember who he plays for. I think he's uh, no, don't even ask me. But he was he was with the Red Wings and the Kings. But when he was with the Kings, he played uh, played mainly in the AHL and they did the AHL All Star game and he. I forget what his shot was, but it was, I think 109 is the record in the NHL. I think it's uh, Zdeno Chara. Uh, it's either 109 or 107. But uh, Martin Furk, during that AHL All-Star game, he, he beat the record by like two miles an hour. Again, you know, nobody really knows the guy. He's not, he's not a regular NHLer, but he's got a wicked shot, a record-breaking shot. Yeah, he is currently on the Ontario Reign, which is a... Oh, so he's still with the Kings. Yeah, so he's on the Kings. Yeah, he looks like a guy that can wreck it. Yeah, I mean, he, he's got a wicked shit. I remember him playing a couple of games with Detroit. And yeah, back then, I mean, he, he again, wicked shot. I, I don't know enough about him to, you know, do a full analysis uh, as a player. But again, it'd be cool to see players with their actual abilities in the, in the all-star game with, with, you know, less restrictions, less, mm-hmm. less league management. I mean, after the John Scott fiasco, the league really just tried to take over the all-star game. That and was that's hilarious. When, yeah. And, and that's when everybody started to check out. Everybody started taking it a lot less seriously. I mean, I know you're not supposed to take the all-star game seriously anyway, but people just found it less entertaining. Well, it's certainly a lot better with, the four uh, team tournament versus just having an East versus West. That's for sure. We should go back to uh, North America versus the world. Okay. <laughs> Let's get the old uh, lightning rod stationary out. We got to write a strongly worded letter, strongly worded letter, lots of exclamation points. <laughs> so I was wrong. It was actually not the break after uh, our West coast trip. There are a few games prior to that. We have, uh, after we get home on, uh, there is a five-day break in between San Jose and then uh, New Jersey comes to town on Thursday, the 27th. Then we got uh, Vegas coming in and then San Jose coming in on February 1st, and then that's the break after that. So the first week of February after the 1st. All right. At least we got some, some more games in hand then. For sure. For sure. So those are our games. Let's see what else we got. Oh, I have something for you. We're going to bring back our very popular uh, late night Paul Kennedy segment. So hold on. I got <laughs> I got intro music for it. Yeah, that killed that killed 14 seconds of showtime right there. all right so let's see late night game paul kennedy doing an interview with a player over over the uh headset give me your uh give me your your guess on the time uh give me some context who is he interviewing and what part of the game he is interviewing um pierre edward belmar and it is in the first intermission first intermission first intermission was this before the shorthanded goal after. After. I'm going to guess late night game, shorthanded goal. I'm going to 
I'm going to go a little high. I'm going to guess 27 seconds. 27, eh? 27. Let's see. Wait, hold on. Was it? No, I'm sorry. It was the second intermission. I was wrong on the uh, context. It was the second intermission because there was only one goal in the first period. So Can't this, get it past me, man. Nope. It was the second intermission. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at this. Get out of here. We suck at podcasting, folks. Listen to us, please. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So you're going 27, huh? I'm going 27. All right. Let's roll. Victor, 13 seasons in the NHL, over 900 games. All right, so I'm going to correct this. It was actually not P.E. Belmar. It was Victor Hedman, and it was the first intermission. So let's completely reset the context. We'll get this right at some point, folks. He's interviewing Victor Hedman, and it's during the first intermission. You want to, you want right, to so re, kind of right. You want to redo your, your guess? Okay, Victor, I'm going to bring it down a little bit. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. I'm going to go t- 21 seconds. 21. All right, here we go. Victor, 13 seasons in the NHL, over 900 games. I don't know that you've ever opened a game which is four defensemen in the lineup. What are the impacts of this and the challenges as you see it for you and the four defensemen tonight? Oh, someone finally got to Paul and told him, you're going on too long. He only went for 14 seconds. Oh, dang it. <laughs> The one for the Good one, on the you, one with the uh, PE Belmar in, in the second intermission was actually a, a little bit shorter because there was more of a back and forth between uh, um, Belmar and uh, Anderchuk, so it wasn't as long uh, in the second one. But yeah, fourteen seconds, that's it. No, twenty seconds. The first time we did this, it was like twenty-four seconds. So yeah, he, he's cutting it down a little bit. I'm keeping an eye. I'm keeping an eye on this. Keeping an eye on this. Have you listened to any uh, of uh, Belmar's interviews, like, you know, not during the game or anything? I have not. He's actually, like, a really funny, you know, wholesome guy. I mean, he if you just see him, you look at him, and he just looks like he's happy to be here, and that's exactly, you know, what his his attitude um, portrays. You know, he's just happy to be here. I mean, he's had kind of a weird road to the NHL. I mean, he's – Actually, French-born, uh, you know, not French-Canadian. Uh, he played in the Swedish league for for the longest time until he made his debut, probably somewhere like seven years ago with the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Went over to Vegas and then Colorado, and then ended up with Tampa. I mean, he he's not really been in the league for for a while. For him being an older guy. Um, and he really doesn't reflect his age. I mean, I, I think he's 36, uh, somewhere in that area, which, you know, it's old for NHL standards, but I, you know, I've really enjoyed pretty much every game that he has played for us. You know, he's super, super defensively responsible, almost to the point where it may become a hindrance to his, to his offense, you know, uh, disregard the shorthanded goal yesterday. And, you know, know, he's never been the guy to put up crazy numbers and you know again he's not a top you know top six kind of guy um but again you know just everything about him he's all smiles all the time you know he's not going to give you any you know stupid copy paste answers you know he's he's an actual guy who you know he's not that stereotypical hockey player robot i do like that he does not give the canned answers i noticed that Mm -hmm. during the second intermission interview last night it was not canned at all He's got 12 points on the season. He's a plus minus uh, plus 13, which is really good. Five goals. I mean, he's, what, 36 years old. So that's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I wish we had him at a younger age. Like, I, w- I wish he could stay with the team for a while. I know he's he's not invincible, but, I mean, right now he's filling out his role terrifically, in my opinion. He's never going to be – he's never going to be Gord. He's never going to be Coleman. Um, you know, he's not going to be Barclay Goudreau even, but again, for, for the role that we have him in, I, I've enjoyed his short time here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, folks, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can, you can email us the lightning rod one at protonmail.com. That's the number one, the lightning rod one, get us on Twitter, lightning rod pod at lightning rod pod, leave us a DM slide into our DMS. If you want to leave us a voicemail, you can 727-416-0613. 
All this will be in the show notes. We'll we'll play your voicemail on the air when we get them. When we get ones that aren't spam. <laughs> well, I started getting some text messages to that number, but they're uh, from PayPal, and they have really suspicious links, and it says to mm. claim some money. You won. Yeah, exactly. Man, you almost got me. Almost got me. <laughs> almost got me. So what else is going on, brother? I saw. I was listening to... Now I can't remember. Uh, I was listening to some other hockey podcast. I, I think it was uh, Steve Dangle. And they were talking about, it was an older show. They were talking about which current Leaf would make the best GM or coach. You know, and, and I want to do a, do a lightning version of that. Which lightning player would be the best? Who do you think would be the best GM or coach or both? In, in the current uh, team? Current roster, yeah. You know, actually, do, do all-timers. I, I don't even care. Well, looking at the, the current team right now, I, I would probably say Corey Perry because he's still, he still – he doesn't sound like he has CTE when he's talking. <laughs> because I would say, like, maybe Pat Maroon, but Pat Maroon definitely has CTE. I think he was born with CTE. Yeah, he's got that, like, lisp kind of thing. I think he's been hit quite a few times. Uh, but on the current roster, I'd probably go with Perry – to be honest, the other guys are too young, so it's hard to say. Stammer seems, I mean, maybe Stammer. I get more uh, more coach vibes from Stamkos. I mean, he, he is the the ultimate captain, in my opinion. I, I wouldn't take anybody else. Um, but, he, you know, he since the moment he got to see, he's been the motivator. He's been the uh, the voice of reason and everything else. Well, I would I, say maybe, uh, like, do uh, we, we should maybe create like a Franken coach from some of these guys, because to be honest, when, when there's like a really bad call on the ice, like I want to see coach Eric Chernak's reaction to that. <laughs> like I would, I would, if he could turn into Chernak just for that minute, but then be like Corey Perry the rest of the time and stammer the rest of the time stammer, you know, Corey can be doing the interviews. Stammer can be the one behind the bench. And then, uh, you know, when there's a bad call, give me Chernak. <laughs> I mean, Stamkos, I mean, if there is, like, kind of a shady call or something or, you know, he thinks his guys got shafted or anything like that, I mean, you know, he is the captain, of course, but, I mean, he's very vocal with it. You know, he'll be the first guy over to the ref again. I know you're the captain. It's your job. But um, even if he wasn't, you know, he'll be the first guy. You know, it's not complaining. Uh, Don't – don't. I'm trying – not trying to make him – out to sound like a diva or anything, but he's not, not afraid to voice his opinion. He's a pretty. Yeah. He voiced his opinion on somebody last night. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him dive right into that dog pile in front of the net. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, he's, he's the the proxy captain. Again, uh, I've I've been saying the last couple of years, best captain in the league. And, you know, I, I fully stand by it, but yeah, that, that, that scrum where, Sean Dursey, he cross-checked Victor Hedman to the ground. Stammer was first guy right in there. You know, I, I've got to give him huge props for a guy who's suffered some pretty pretty gnarly injuries at, you know, just the, the slight blow of the wind for him to still be able to, uh, you know, be, be first guy in these scrums and get being the guy pulling people apart. You know, he's not going to, he's not going to drop the mitts or anything, but he's not afraid to, you know, get in your face and drag you around face wash and even throw the body still. I, I can't remember. Um, I can't remember who we were playing, but it, it was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, no, I can't remember who it was. Yeah. But a couple of weeks ago, we, um, I mean, he just completely hammered two guys back to back and, Again, huge, huge props to Stamkos just for, for still being able to use his body like he can after after all that. Yeah, I mean, all you got to know about that guy is, is he sat in the bubble the entire time during that first cup run and only got to play about two minutes, but he was there the entire time. You know, if that doesn't say something, then I don't know what will. Yeah, that's respect. I, I like d- during that Stanley Cup run. I know you know the the first question everybody asked every day. You know, Stamkos playing today, 
you know, nobody even knew if he was in the bubble. There were a couple of people said like, oh, he, you know, he left the bubble or he's coming back in or something. And I remember, I think it was when we were advancing to the finals. Um, it was just a, it was a locker room picture of all the guys, you know, celebrating, you know, getting back to the finals for the first time. And there, it was, you know, just one blurry picture from somebody who was in the locker room and somebody, you know, analyzed it. They're like, you know, this really pixelated figure in the back, you know, with long blonde <laughs> hair and a, and a, you know, a beard, you can kind of make out like that's Stan Coast. And I remember everybody in the, uh, you know, Thunder Nation, Thunderbolts group, whichever one, every group really was freaking out. Like that, that's Stan Coast. That's my captain. And again, if I'm having a pretty shitty day, the easiest way to get me to smile is go back and watch that, that goal, oh, that, yeah. that Stan Coast goal against Dallas. That, that thing, that was a storybook goal. Yeah, that was amazing. And now he is going back to the All-Star game, bringing it back to the front of the show. He is going to the All-Star game as he well deserves. Any uh, updates on the uh, the Bogo for Norris or uh, is it Sean Avery front? Oh, shit. <laughs> I, oh, no, I forgot about all that. Um, I was trying to remember who um, – I remember Bogo Norris. I, I just hadn't bothered to uh, – to reach out to him, but I forgot who who else he wanted me to get on. I'll, I'll try to get Avery on. I mean, he's pretty responsive with people. Uh, like if you like swipe up on a story, um, I mean, he, he's brutal. He, um, you know, if you tell him he's got a dog shit take or something, he'll, uh, he'll literally post his reply to you on his story. Just him calling you out. It, <laughs> it, it's funny. I mean, pe- people barking up the wrong tree for that one. Yeah, well, so I, I'm I'm not sure if I got to go in calling him an idiot or something just to get his attention. Hey, I think that would be fantastic if you did that. You fucking idiot! Come on the pod. Yeah. Well, I think we've hit uh, pretty close to the one hour mark. You got any uh, closing thoughts there, homie? Until uh, until next week. Lightning wise, no. Um, do some chat about the Bucks real quick. Go for it, man! I will always talk about the Bucks. <laughs> again you know i'm such a novice with all this but i, I i'm fully bought in i mean what a game against the eagles yep yep our defense you're, you're, is you're probably the better you're probably the better uh football analyst than i am so i, I want to hear your take on it well uh the only three words that matter for us going forward and and it, it, tom brady and playoffs it's the man is something else like He's, he's just a different breed and no one is ever going to match him. And if you are a Buccaneers fan, you just have to thank your lucky stars that you're getting this ride right now because you'll never have a ride like this again. There is a little bit of a concern going forward because two of our offensive linemen are hurt, including our best one, Tristan Wirfs. He is, uh, he's in a walking boot right now. He tried to go back into the game, and um, he hurt himself again. Um, he had not missed a snap all year, and he is a key. I think it was two years. He is a key, key component uh, on that offensive line. Ryan Jensen, he, he finished the game, so that's a good sign. Uh, but not having Wirfs is, is major. But um, I want to say I heard the his – Tom Brady's time to throw um, was like 2.1 seconds. So. Oh, it's like a career best. No one, no one's going to sack you if you're getting the ball out in 2.1 seconds. Like you just can't, you can't do it. So I, I like our odds. We're, we're going to be playing at home against the Rams. They did manhandle us earlier in the year, but that was in LA. And even then it was still a close game for most of it. Um, but there's a lot of things that happened in that game. Like Gronkowski got hurt and it's so a lot of those things it's, it's we should be getting Leonard Fournette back, which is major Giovanni Bernard is, is his back now. And he had a really good game against the Eagles. So he's going to be a key uh, in our defense. Like we got Levante David and Shaq Barrett back. And, and um, it was like immediately felt the, the presence was where they were immediately felt. So, Oh yeah. You know when Shaq Barrett's on the field. Oh yeah, and 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 David, I, I like, I like being at home for this next game, and uh, I I like that we're for the most or defense for the most part is is finally healthy. So, I I mean it'll be a close game. Stafford now has the monkey off his back, so he's going to be playing free free as a bird, and that's a little dangerous. 
but they don't really have the guys that burnt us last time anymore. Like they don't have um, Deshaun Jackson. He doesn't play for him anymore. He burnt us in that first game. And um, so I, I, they got Odell, but I don't, I don't care about Odell. Like I, I always thought Odell was a little overrated to be honest. He's good. He's a good receiver, but I always thought he was overrated. So I, I think we'll be fine. I think it'll be a close game. It won't be a blowout. Um, but I think we can take it by by a touchdown or or a field goal or so. The the game I would be worried about not that not that I'm thinking about things a little too early, but I w- I'm more worried about having to go to Green Bay if we do beat the Rams, having to go to Green Bay with the fans because when we played them last year, they were like next to no fans there. So that <laughs> that makes all the difference in the world. Plus, there was like an unseasonably warm winter day last year when we played them, whereas this year it'll probably be the ice bowl. Yeah, yeah. My my roommate, he's a huge Packers fan. I've just been giving him hell since since that game last year. And so, and, and you know, when I say giving him hell, that's putting it really nicely. Um, you know, I, I've been TB12 all over him and everything and um, comparing Brady and Rodgers, uh, telling him Brady's the GOAT and everything. So I really hope I don't uh, eat my words there. Uh, but again, let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves. I mean, Brady is the GOAT. There's just no – there's no two ways about it. I mean, what was the stat that I heard? Like, he he has more touchdown throws. He has more touchdown passes in his 40s than Troy Aikman had in his entire career. <laughs> like, oh more, more in his 40s. That's insane. I thought it was funny seeing um... – well, what was it? Uh, teams playoff wins. It was uh, New England had thirty-seven. Uh, Green Bay had like thirty-six, and then Tom Brady had thirty-five, and then the rest of them were you know other teams. I mean, just just to be, <laughs> I mean that that's incredible in in and of itself. Yeah, I mean we're, that's what I'm saying. Like, Bucks fans enjoy this. Please enjoy this, and don't get. You know, don't get down on yourself if you lose because I'm telling you, like, you're never going to have a ride like this before. Like, I became a Bucks fan when Steve Steve DeBerg was our quarterback and we were wearing creamsicles, you know. Like, I've sat through all kinds of things. Like, Jeff Garcia was all right. We had Brian Greasy for a cup of coffee. I watched Chris Sims' spleen explode on the field. You know, like, I've seen some really bad quarterbacks like Trent Dilfer. You know, I've seen some bad quarterbacks in our, in our, in our time as a, as a team. I have no idea who any of these people are. I'm all aboard the bandwagon. (laughs) That's okay. The only other Bucks quarterback I can name other than Jameis and maybe Fitzpatrick. Uh, he was on the Bucks, right? Yeah. He took over when, when Jameis, cause he, cause Jameis was, uh, Jameis was was suspended for the first few games uh, in his in his um, second to last season with us. Um, actually, for what I, I think it was is well because he gro- he groped somebody in an Uber. <laughs> oh my God! That's a W. That's E one. That's E one. That's a W. How many people want to eat a W tonight? How many eat a W tonight? <laughs> I always get um, Fitzpatrick and Joe Thornton mixed up. Fitz, man, Fitz magic and Fitz tragic. You never knew which one you were going to get. There was nothing better than that game when he when he went off with Deshaun Jackson and then Deshaun Jackson gave him some of his jewelry to wear in the press conference. That was amazing. Uh, I, yeah, that, that's the picture I know. That was the year that cost um, that cost Dirt Cut Dirt Cutter his job and uh, brought us Bruce Arians. So I can't really be upset. And then Bruce Arians then oversaw Jameis throwing his career high in touchdowns and uh, breaking the record in interceptions as well. Oh my lord! Oh, did you see? Uh, Bruce Arians got fined for his little smack there. Oh yeah, what a, we're we're such a stupid. League. The NFL is such a stupid league. The, all, all these major sports leagues are it's like such a, a stupid fifty thousand dollar fine for smacking. Uh, who was it, Adams? Yeah, that that's funny. I I like Bruce. I've, the best line I heard is like he'll he's forgotten more about football than we'll ever know. Yeah. Yeah, my dad uses that on me. He says, I've forgotten more than you'll know, more than you know. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the Bucks next week uh, at the end when we uh, are um, just you can tell by the tone of my voice in the next show whether it was a good result or uh, a bad result. <laughs> so I'm going to wrap this up. 
Uh, I am Johnny Pipes for my partner, Gannon. Appreciate you listening, and we will uh, see you folks next week. Peace out, y'all.